Manaman? Present. Manaman present. Commissioner Melgar? Melgar. <laughs> Melgar present. Commissioner Peskin? Commissioner Peskin? Present. Peskin present. Commissioner Preston? Preston present. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan present. Commissioner Safai? Safai present. Excuse me. Safai present. Commissioner Stephanie? Stephanie present. Commissioner Walton? Walton present. Chair, we have quorum. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. I believe you have a public comment announcement. I do. For members of the public interested in participating in this board meeting, we welcome your attendance here in person in the Legislative Chamber, Room 250 in City Hall, or you may watch cable channel 26 or 99, depending on your provider, or stream the meeting live at www.sfgovtv.org. For those wishing to make public comment remotely, the best way to do so is by dialing 415-655-0001, and when prompted, entering access code 2483-810-3364 and then press pound and pound again. You'll be able to listen to the meeting in real time. When public comment is called for the item you wish to speak on, press star three to be added to the queue to speak. Do not press star three again or you'll be removed from the queue. When the system says your line is unmuted, the live operator will advise that you will be allowed two minutes to speak. When your two minutes are up, we will move on to the next caller. Calls will be taken in the order in which they are received. Best practices are to speak slowly, clearly, and turn down the volume of any televisions or radios around you. Public comment for items on this agenda will be taken first from members of the public and attendance in the legislative chamber, and then afterwards from the remote speaker's queue on the telephone line. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, as chair, I want to invoke rule 3.26 from our rules of order to limit total public comment per item to 30 minutes for today's meeting. It's my intention to give uh, each commenter two minutes unless I indicate otherwise um, for that item. <coughs> uh, with that, Mr. Clerk, would you please call our next item? Item two, chair's report. This is an information item. All right. Um, colleagues, the new year is indeed underway with a string of big transportation-related events from the Central Subway T-3rd um, full opening uh, where I attended and spoke along with our Vice Chair uh, Peskin and our then Vice Chair Peskin and our new Vice Chair uh, Melgar um, to yesterday's Golden Gate Bridge event with Speaker Emerita Nancy Pelosi and U.S. Uh, Department of Transportation Secretary uh, Pete Buttigieg, along with Mayor Breed and several board members, I believe including Stephanie Safai and Melgar. Um, we want to thank our federal delegation and the Biden administration once again for their decades of support uh, for Central Subway and more recently for the 2022 bipartisan appropriations package that included $400 million for the Golden Gate Bridge District's Golden Gate Bridge Seismic Retrofit Project as well as $43 million in capital improvement grant program funds for Caltrain electrification from the Federal Transit Administration, um, or FTA. We also want to thank uh, our senators, Padilla and Feinstein, for championing the Year Buena Westside Bridges grant of $2.2 million in the uh, Federal Highway Administration, in Federal Highway Administration funds to complete the, that project's funding plan. These projects are critically important for safe access, reliability, as well as emissions reductions on our regional transportation system. With the recent historic rains and storm damage, I also want to recognize and thank President Biden and Governor Newsom for their emergency declarations that will help our city rebuild and repair damaged roads and infrastructure from the floods. A changing climate will mean more severe storms and underscores the importance of adaptation planning and investment in resilience as we look to the future. And I hope the Transportation Authority can continue to collaborate with sister agencies at the state and local level to help strengthen our efforts in this area. Also, 
As we saw, the governor's recent proposals to trim state transit and active transportation capital funding programs in response to lower budget estimates, I want to acknowledge and thank Senator Weiner for his leadership in advocating for adequate state funding to maintain transit investment and find solutions to address our looming transit operation fis operations fiscal cliffs, particularly at Muni, BART, and Caltrain. Um, thank you also to Metropolitan Transportation Commission and our rep to that body, Commissioner Ronan, for making bridge funding for Bay Area transit agencies a top priority in this year's legislative agenda. Avoiding service cuts is critically important as our agencies continue to recover ridership and revenue. And I want to thank MTC leadership for working with the rest of the state's transit community and state legislative delegation to find a path forward. Um, I did provide an update on um, CSAC's annual meeting uh, that I attended uh, back in February, held in uh, Anaheim, California. I should also provide an update to this body since um, the TA helped fund that. The theme of the conference was advancing change. Meetings focused on uh, what can be done to support uh, county governments emerging from the pandemic and facing a host of challenges, including the sluggish transit system recoveries across the state and across the country, persistent wildfire challenges, um, health care, uh, mental health and uh, homeless challenges, the implementation of care courts, and a host of other <clears throat> issues. I attended the general session where membership voted on a new executive committee and 2023 state and federal legislative and communications priorities. At the conference, I attended workshops and roundtables and met with many of our counterparts in other, in other counties to discuss the state of transportation in their communities, among other shared priorities. I will say that um, folks who participate in these statewide bodies are um, surprised and gratified to find San Francisco participating. Um, I do think it is important that we make ourselves heard, particularly at um, CSAC, because um, although uh, California is a very blue state, we have many, many, um, many, many red counties, and I think it is important for, in particular, our um, the San Francisco's and the LA's and other um, more urban and more coastal communities to show up for organizations like CSEC. So I'm glad I was able to be there and I want to thank the TA for helping make that happen and I do think that either I or others, um, or maybe I and others, should try to attend future CSEC um, uh, gatherings and I'll leave the League of California Cities for someone else. But at any rate, um, I want to thank also and recognize uh, MTC and ABAG's departing executive director, Therese McMullen, who's retiring after decades of service to our region through her work on behalf of the Bay Area, as well as her distinguished service to our nation as acting FTA administrator under the Obama administration. Um, we thank you, Director McMillan, for your leadership and wish you all the best uh, in, a well, in a very well-earned retirement. And with that, I will conclude my remarks. I don't see any of my colleagues interested in asking questions or commenting, which I appreciate. And um, we should open this to public comment. If there's anyone in the chamber who feels compelled to comment on my on my chair's report, please come forward. I don't see anyone. Let's see if we have any remote public comment on the chair's report. Checking for remote public comment on item two. And there is no public comment. All right, public comment on item two is closed and we can move on. Mr. Clerk, if you will call item three. Item three, approve the minutes of the January 10th, 2023 meeting. This is an action item. Okay, don't see any comments or questions. Let's take public comment on the minutes. If anyone in the chamber has public comment, please come forward. And seeing none, let's see if we have remote public comment on item three. 
checking for remote public comment. And there is no public comment. Okay. Uh, is there a motion to approve the minutes? Item three. Moved by Melgar. Is there a second? Seconded by Dorsey. Um, uh, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Commissioner Chen? Aye. Chen, aye. Commissioner Dorsey? Aye. Dorsey, aye. Commissioner Engardio? Aye. Guardio, aye. Commissioner Mendelman? Aye. Mendelman, aye. Commissioner Melgar? Melgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan, aye. Commissioner Safai? Aye. Safai, aye. Commissioner Stephanie? Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton? Walton, aye. There are 11 ayes. The motion is approved. All right. Thanks, Mr. Clerk. Uh, please call our consent agenda items four through six. Items four through six comprise the consent agenda. Staff is not planning to present on these items, but is available for questions. Thank you. Uh, is there a motion to approve the consent agenda? Moved by um, Preston. Is there a second? Seconded by Ronan. Uh, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Commissioner Chen? Aye. Chen, aye. Commissioner Dorsey? Aye. Dorsey, aye. Commissioner Engardio? Aye. Guardio, aye. Commissioner Manman? Aye. Manman, aye. Commissioner Melgar? Melgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan, aye. Commissioner Safai? Aye. Safai, aye. Commissioner Stephanie? Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton? Walton, aye. There are 11 ayes. The consent agenda is approved. All right. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Please call item 7. Item seven, final approval on first appearance, allocate $190,000 in Prop K funds with conditions to the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency for Sloat and Skyline intersection improvements. This is an action item. Uh, Commissioner Melgar, or do you want us to hear the presentation from Mr. Pickford first? I, I, I wasn't aware that you were gonna do another presentation, but. Uh, I can go through it really quick if you'd like. Um, sure. Okay. Um, Okay, yeah, so, so we just have the one request this morning, which was um, continued from the December 6th meeting. Just as a reminder, this um, grant would um, uh, fund design for the uh, signalization of the Sloat and Skyline intersection. Uh, it has a $1.2 million state earmark to fund construction. Um, and um, since the December meeting, Transportation Authority and SFMTA staff have met with Commissioner Melgar and Commissioner Engardio to provide additional details. Um, SFMTA staff has explained that factors that led them to recommend the proposed design rather than a full redesign of the intersection include um, Caltrans guidance, analysis of future traffic demand, funding availability, and time constraints to get the project implemented by the end of the year before the Great Highway Extension closure between Sloat and Skyline for the um, Ocean Beach Climate Change Adaptation Project. And we do have a little bit more detailed uh, graphic of the um, uh, locations of the signals. And with that, I can take any questions, and I believe we have SFMTA staff on the line as well. All right. Thank you, Mr. Pickford. Commissioner Melgar. See, the way you just said it was very different than what MTA said to me. <laughs> Which is what, you know, why I asked for a continuance on this. I, I thought I was okay with it, but then <laughs> the way that you just articulated it makes me nervous again. So if you could just put that slide back up so that we know what we're talking about. This intersection, as you can see, is a hot mess. Um, it is very wide. Uh, on the left corner, bottom left, of, is the um, is a, a parking lot. It is the excess parking lot for the zoo, which is empty 
95% of the time. Uh, but then, you know, during Christmas, there's, you know, um, Christmas tree lot or whatever. Uh, and uh, so for the last two years, I've been working uh, with MTA. There, is, there were two designs, one to put a traffic circle in the middle and one to straighten it out and do a T intersection. This uh, intersection is going to be really, really stressed once we close the Great Highway south of the zoo because traffic from 280 is going to get redirected to uh, get off on 19th Avenue to make a left, go on Winston, and then around the lake. Um, and so, and then to go, you know, so, so this is going to be stressed <laughs> uh, with cars turning right to go onto Sunset to get up to uh, District 1. Um, and so uh, what I was worried is that we're going to just put up some lights and call it a day. And so after I met with uh, Tom McGuire and the staff, they assured me that that was not the case, that we were not abandoning the you know, T-intersection design, which was what was approved by Caltrans, but rather this is an interim step uh, you know, because the closure of the Great Highway is going to happen you know, this coming year by the PUC because we need that to protect the coast. So that's what I had understood. But in your presentation, you just said that this was going to kind of be it, and that's not what I had understood. I have no information on future okay. uh, designs for this area. Right, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I just like th this is, you know, this was <laughs> really important to me, and that's why I had asked for it to be held. Uh, so maybe we can hear from the MTA, because that's the assurance that I got, that we were not abandoning at some point when we have funding to do the reconfiguring, which actually would buy us a bunch of, I mean, or, or might uh, allow us to uh, regain a bunch of land, you know, to do something else, maybe affordable housing, maybe something. It's just, it's a very wide intersection that, that needs reconfiguring. Let's maybe hear from MTA. Or Mr. Holmes? Or yes. MTA. So that, All right. That, Let's bring MTA into the conversation. You have sorry. a concerned commissioner, a concerned vice chair. Yes. Uh, uh, good morning, commissioners. Uh, vice Chair Melgarsh is absolutely correct in our conversations uh, with her uh, regarding this solution. It was uh, very clear as to the urgency of uh, doing some measures over at this intersection because as she uh, correctly characterized, uh, this location is going to be stressed when the Great Highway extension south of Sloat is closed. And uh, certainly we get a, a preview of that already uh, because just a couple weeks ago, that section of roadway was closed due to uh, erosion uh, during the heavy storms we had a couple weeks ago. So she's absolutely correct. Uh, this was the best solution that we could do uh, in the time frame that we have uh, to uh, help mitigate those type of concerns. It is uh, certainly not the end of us looking at this intersection and making improvements. Certainly, we have a couple of quick builds that are going to be connecting right here uh, that are on the way. And um, it isn't the end, as uh, we put it. I think... Uh, we're trying to characterize here is the urgency of put doing some improvements here um, in time before the roadway is closed permanently south of slope. All right. Vice Chair Melgar um, is, is reassured <laughs> by that statement. And I guess, though, um, 
it would be nice to have an alignment between the, our, our own TA staff's understanding of the path forward and what MTA is telling our supervisor Melgar, but also commission, you know, vice chair Melgar. So I don't know if TAs, if Miss, if, uh, yes, Carl Holmes. Yes, uh, Chair Mandelman and Vice Chair Melgar, yes, uh, we are in alignment. And that's, I also had a similar uh, meeting with Tom McGuire. All right. Uh, Commissioner Angardia. When I was presented with this situation, it was explained to me that we needed the, the lights up as soon as possible to mitigate the December closing, uh, but that this wasn't the end of the story. So I, but thank you, Commissioner Melgar, for raising this issue. Members of the TA will look forward to hearing more about the work that's being done about, at that intersection. Um, uh, thank you, Mr. Pickford. And uh, let's open this item to public comment. If there's anyone in the chamber who would like to come forward. Don't, don't see anyone. Let's see if there is remote public comment on item seven. Checking for remote public comment on item seven. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Hello? Hey, caller, go Can ahead. You hear me? Oh, yeah. Hi, this is Maggie Dong. I'm calling as a concerned citizen and someone who always goes on Skyline and Slow, and I, I really support this intersection improvement just because I've had so many almost near-death experiences just crossing the street there. And it, for years, I feel like not, not much has been done. So I'm hopeful to see something to actually make change happen there. Um, and there's a lot of families who go there, a lot of elderly people who use this crosswalk as well. So I'm, I'm hopeful to see something. Thank you. Thank you, caller. There is no more public comment. All right, public comment on item seven is closed. Vice Chair Melgar. Thank you, uh, Chair Mandelman. I just uh, would like to make a request uh, for staff to continue to work with the MTA um, and the PUC. Um, it, it Just to make sure that as we progress in looking at the designs and any further steps beyond this interim step that we're all in alignment. Thank you. Lots of nodding and thumbs up coming from TA staff. Um, is there a motion to approve item seven? <laughs> Moved by Melgar, is there a second? Seconded by Dorsey. Um, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Commissioner Chen? Aye. Chen, aye. Commissioner Dorsey? Aye. Dorsey, aye. Commissioner Engardio? Aye. Engardio, aye. Commissioner Mandelman? Aye. Mandelman, aye. Commissioner Melgar? I'm sorry, Commissioner Melgar? Aye. Aye. Uh, Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan, aye. Commissioner Safai? Aye. Safai, aye. Commissioner Stephanie? Aye. Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton? Well, nine. There are 11 ayes. The motion is approved. Okay. Uh, Mr. Clerk, please call item eight. Item eight, final approval on first appearance, adopts the 2022 annual report. This is an action item. Executive Director Chang. Good morning, commissioners. Uh, it's my pleasure to present um, our highlights from 2022 via the annual report. Um, as you'll recall, we have these several roles. Are you, are you oh, supposed to have a me. slide? Are we supposed right, to have a slide? Right, I'm sorry. have slides, or? please. Great. So uh, happy go. to present the annual report for 2022. It was certainly a historic and busy year for us. 
Uh, these are our various roles, funding, congestion management agency, which is largely a planning and coordination role, but also has funding activities as well as some of the project delivery roles that we have as well. Um, snapshots uh, from the planning side starts with the adoption of our long-range countywide transportation plan. Thank you all for approving that late last year, the SFTP. Um, and this is a companion, of course, as, uh, to all of the other products of the Connect SF long-range transportation planning program with SFMT and planning department. Um, this included a streets and freeway strategy to go with the transit strategy that was delivered earlier in the year. Um, going back all the way to April, of course, we held hearings and um, presented our John F. Kennedy JFK Drive Access and Equity Study. Um, but we had a busy year at the uh, California PUC providing comment on any number of issues relating to new mobility that's regulated by PUC, and that continues. Um, and finally, we also supported Link 21, which is Trans Bay Rail planning uh, led by BART and Capital Corridor. Going forward, forward, excuse me, we continue to then focus on implementation of the countywide plan, SFTP 2050, um, as well as completing a uh, school access study uh, that was then requested by the then Commissioner Marr, but has citywide certainly interest. Um, and we also have a number of planning studies from Brotherhood Way to the Bayview Caltrain Station study and Gary 19th Avenue subway studies requested by Commissioner, or Vice Chair Melgar. This next slide is a snapshot of the uh, neighborhood program, um, which is very much a product of your leadership and your staff's uh, coordination. So thank you for all your support last year. On the left are the planning studies that we've advanced uh, in the prior year, and many of which will come to you for approval this year. On the right are the capital projects uh, that are in various stages of design and, and construction. Major project delivery highlights included the ones that you see here and many, many others. So it was certainly a very exciting year as we saw so many decades long and long-term uh, projects finally come to fruition from the Van Ness BRT to uh, the Central Subway. The tunnel tops had two tunnel top uh, park openings uh, with the Presidio Trust and Caltrain saw delivery of its first electric train sets here in the Bay Area. Also want to recognize BART's uh, Powell Street station modernization, a whole set of improvements uh, at that station and, and many other uh, really great delivery activities last year. Uh, turning to funding and programming, led by Anna Lafort, our deputy for, for policy and programming, and her team, we allocated uh, about $66 million in Prop K sales tax, um, but really it sort of includes so many other funding activities coordinated around the Prop K, and as we do the leveraging, um, whether it's other fund sources that we manage, Prop AA or Prop D, the congestion, um, the, the TNC tax, uh, it all amounts to quite a bit of uh, fund administration. So we've got $800 million or so in just open Prop K grants, um, and we continue to monitor, fortunately, the sales tax rising as the city recovers to continue to bring those benefits to the public. Uh, of course, last year we had the uh, wonderful result of Prop L passing. I want to thank so much our chair, Vice uh, Chair Bandelman, for your leadership and so many, many others on the board, the whole board and the community, um, certainly the Expenditure Plan Advisory Committee uh, that worked very hard and diligently as well as our staff, Maria Lombardo and Michelle Beaulieu, supported by many, many others um, at the TA and else and other agencies. Um, the 72% was broad-based, so we're really happy to see that um, there was so much support and we're so grateful to the voters for that. And we continue now this year to implement 
the Prop L expenditure plan, and you'll hear an item uh, later this morning about the early activities from Michelle Beaulieu. The funding uh, activities in 2022 were many. Um, there was not only the uh, approval of the Prop L program, but we did direct millions of, millions of dollars of other funds that we managed, all shown here on the left side, including some lifeline funds for BART elevator attendance. I know that's really important to folks and has really made a difference uh, to, to the users of the BART stations downtown. Also some $23 million in Prop AA. These are the voter-approved vehicle registration funds that we administer, as well as, uh, the, of course, $53 million of One Bay Area grant program. And that's a huge uh, pot of funds that we hope will be then um, flowing to projects over the next four years. Thank you for the board's approval of those, as well as the support for Westside Bridges. Um, moving to 2023, you'll see that the focus still is on the big, big projects, such as the BART and Muni core capacity projects. These are fleet expansion and train control systems, the Caltrain electrification, and of course, downtown extension of Caltrain, now known as the portal. Uh, so thank you to our chair, who also serves on the TJPA, the Transbay Joint Powers Authority, as vice chair to oversee that project. And I'll come back to that in just a moment. Last year, we held several hearings here at the Transportation Authority, certainly on the economic recovery activities of SFMTA Muni, as well as BART. Uh, we also held capital project uh, um, items on Caltrain electrification and Venn SBRT um, and Butter Market Street. Of course, Vision Zero met several times, um, so we held hearings on, on that topic and will continue to do so this year. Other proposed hearing topics that I'm um, aware of, there's interest on, on the board to, to discuss include the transit operations and sort of funding fiscal cliff that Chair mentioned in his remarks at the top of the meeting. Um, we may do that as soon as next month. Uh, there's a lot of regional conversations and state conversations about that at the moment, as well as the topic of demand management and pricing, um, which is not only happening you know, here in San Francisco, but is actually happening statewide um, and in the region. So there's an accelerated uh, sort of discussion happening because of the, again, the funding, the traffic, and the congestion and climate um, sort of issues that that topic can, can address. So we do propose to bring that forward to you at some point in this year, as well as TNC and autonomous vehicle uh, continuing regu re regulation um, and the role that we play locally as part of the state and federal process to develop a, a coherent and useful framework. So thank you to you all at the Board of Supervisors and uh, Supervisor Peskin for the legislation that uh, was adopted at the Board of Supervisors, um, which was the first autonomous vehicle policy statement from the board. Capital projects, uh, the focus again will be on the, the major uh, milestone this year expected for the Caltrain downtown extension the, uh, the, called the Portal Project, heading to a moment in the summer to hopefully uh, apply for major federal capital funds through FTA's New Starts program. We also will continue to hopefully offer support to you in your roles on MTC, ABAG, uh, Barrier Air Quality Management District, as well as the TJPA, BART, and Caltrain, also Golden Gate Bridge District, for those of you who have been, of course, serving on that body. Thank you so much. Turning now to capital project delivery. Um, we've been longtime coordinators and supporters and uh, aides to our partners, the sponsors, SFMTA, for their major projects and BART and Caltrain. Um, this year, I think we will be spending quite a bit of time celebrating and hopefully doing openings and groundbreakings on Yerba Buena Island. I know our deputy, Carl, 
uh, for Capital, Carl Holmes, has been working diligently with Tida and city partners on opening the YBI Southgate Road interchange project, which is ready to go um, and open to the public very soon, as well as to break ground on our West Side Bridges project. That's a $115 million uh, infrastructure project connecting travelers from the Bay Bridge down to, to Treasure Island. Um, we continue to do oversight on projects like the Central Subway Renewal and uh, core capacity programs, the light rail vehicle delivery uh, underway at MTA, the Petrero Yard Rebuild, a really innovative, of course, an important project that we also heard about in December, um, as well as some other projects led uh, by Public Works and, and, and Caltrain. The downtown extension is our imp most important major capital project um, focus this year, as well as the largest project, single project in the Prop L expenditure plan. So we've been um, supporting the multi-agency team in partnership at TJPA, and we'll expect to bring uh, another update, as well as funding request uh, from TJPA and ourselves to you next month. Uh, we have, of course, been coordinating with high-speed rail as well and hope that that can also be brought forward in, in the coming months as we do need to continue to strengthen our funding uh, strategies for this project, which just did come out with a new project cost and um, delivery strategy. So again, please look forward to that at the TJPA and at our board next month. Turning to the Muni fleet program, um, this is a snapshot of the status. You'll see so many of the new vehicles across all the different types of Muni vehicle fleet are being delivered, including with the support from this agency. Previously, I think the LRV was our single largest allocation from the PropGate program or the sales tax program um, a few years ago at $131 million. And of course, the last year we approved money for the, the purchase of paratransit vehicles and some other hybrid shuttles. Turning to um, some of the active transportation and Vision Zero initiatives last year, thank you all for holding hearings on Vision Zero uh, to keep the focus on how we can improve uh, the delivery of protected bikeways and active transportation facilities. We did move uh, 13 million for those types of projects, including the mid-Embarcadero. Uh, I know the plans are afoot to continue that across the other sections of the Embarcadero. And many, many quick builds uh, on the high injury network, which now has a new map. Thank you to uh, um, Public Health and MTA for developing that. And we have facilities such as at Evans Avenue um, and, and many other places around the city's high injury network. Uh, 1,300 bike racks with our air district funds. Uh, so thank you to uh, Commissioners, uh, Vice Chair Melgar and Commissioner Walton for sitting on air district, which is an increasingly important partner in the delivery of uh, innovative projects and incentives for, for e-biking, especially for low-income households. And then we've also seen pedestrian safety projects advance, such as the Buchanan Mall and McAllister Street and Sickles Alamany and Balboa Station Plaza. I know a big priority for commissioners, uh, Safai and Melgar. Turning to the delivery of sort of traffic safety and system management projects, we've got street reconstructions and major street redesigns happening all over. Mission Geneva, Safer Taylor, Folsom and Howard, um, and many, many curb ramp signals and traffic calming around town. I won't go through all of these, but again, thank you to you, you and your staff for your leadership to keep the focus on these small but really important and meaningful uh, neighborhood level improvements um, that are going to help save lives. 
on uh, traffic congestion mitigation tax, the Prop D program, that front, uh, we continue to put those largely toward those quick build projects to uh, boost the capacity. We're happy to see those revenues rising. This is again a 3.25% fee on every ride hail trip originating in San Francisco. And our agency programs and allocates the traffic safety portion, whereas SFMTA takes its half of those funds for Muni transit improvements. Um, it will be important for us also to continue to monitor and, and actively participate in the rulemaking process, both at the California PUC and at the California DMV, uh, as we see acceleration of permitting of commercial autonomous passenger services, including Waymo's application, which we just commented on yesterday together with our, part our city partners at SFMTA. So again, happy to bring more detailed updates to you all as the, as the process continues this year. On the Prop AA vehicle registration fee, this, these are about $5 million of funds annually that you all fund. You'll see that we've completed some lighting projects in Western Edition, or excuse me, funded some of those Western Edition pedestrian lighting projects and Oakdale lighting. Um, that was great to see the ability to get to lighting, which is a huge need citywide. Um, and this is one of the fund sources that is available to us, as well as the 29 Sunset um, Improvement Projects Phase 1. Uh, that's the western leg, the north-south leg of Sunset, the 29 Buny Forward. On the transportation fund for clean air, these are uh, air district funds, $4 per vehicle that we administer, largely has gone to bicycle parking and emergency ride home, um, but also to alternative fuel taxi uh, cab incentives, as well as early uh, I guess some express services at BART and emergency ride home again. Electric charging is something that we're still monitoring and funding, um, but there has been there have been challenges to to just even accessing the electricity uh, that we uh, need for those chargers. So we'll continue to monitor that. Now turning to the admin side, audits, reporting, and capital financing continued very smoothly. We were happy to get yet another set of clean audits, of course, and to win a fifth year of the Achievement in Excellence uh, Award from the, um, from the government accounting uh, organizations. And a triple A rating from Fitch was reaffirmed. That was great to see on our sales tax bonds, which are about uh, uh, done to uh, administer with SFMTA largely on the on the receiving end of those bond revenues. And we continue, of course, to monitor the need to draw down the revolver just to keep up with uh, those reimbursements. Moving to the overall agency, our uh, racial equity activities continued, including making sure our public um, outreach on the DBE program is at a high level and ensuring contracting opportunities are, are promoted, both from primes and their subs. Uh, locally and in the region, as well as and on the uh, hiring side, we updated our job descriptions to revise qualifications and enable more flexible uh, definition of those qualifications for jobs at the TA. Uh, on workforce excellence, I really want to thank Maria Lombardo and her staff and Cynthia Fong for really managing the smooth reopening of the agency and the transition of our staff and our whole um, board process uh, through through the past year and going forward we'll be coming back in person more and more. Uh, we also conducted salary surveys and hired key staff positions um, so we're really pleased that we have a full team at the TA to continue to implement uh, Prop L and all the other work we're doing. Finally, we want to appreciate that we did receive some honors and recognition last year so the whole agency I think um, I just want to thank them and appreciate them. Uh, we were 
named Agency of the Year from the American Council of Engineering Companies, and we got the Equity Champion Award from Comto. It's really nice and meaningful. Thank you to the NorCal chapter of the Conference of Minority Transportation Officials for that recognition, and I was also named Person of the Year from the California Transportation Foundation. So, which none of that happens with myself alone, of course. I really want to hand it to our staff at the TA, without whom we could not do all this great work. And you and your staff, of course, deserve a lot of our thanks and gratitude always, so thank you very much to our sponsors and all the consultants and private sector who also help us do the work here at the TA. With that, I'm happy, oh, as well, I don't want to forget the Community Advisory Committee. They do the work in, month in and month out, um, and we really do appreciate all of their support and advice uh, throughout the year. Thank you again. Happy to answer questions. Thank you, Director Chang. Thank you for all of your work this last year and to your team. Um, and it looks like Vice Chair Melgar has a comment or question. I just wanted to say thank you uh, for your uh, humility and uh, amazing competence, uh, Director <laughs> Chang. You um, are just, you know, so uh, inspiring in terms of your leadership, but also uh, just sort of the, the like you're lifting <laughs> very heavy <laughs> boats. And so I'm, I'm so grateful that you're there. And thank you to your staff for just being a pleasure to work with always. And uh, all of your um, kudos and achievements and recognitions uh, professionally are very well earned. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Thank you, Vice Chair Melgar. Let's open this item to public comment. If there's anyone in the chamber who'd like to come forward and talk about item eight, please do. And if not, let's see if we have any remote public comment on item eight. Checking for remote public comment on item eight. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Um, thank you. Uh, Chair Rafael Mandelman, uh, I'll leave it to brief the record. My pronouns are she and her. Uh, I'm enjoying this annual report. It certainly looks aspirational. And here a tidbit about autonomous vehicles. Uh, I, hope, I hope we can make that happen. Uh, I'd like to pay into that. And uh, autonomous vehicles don't discriminate. I don't have to worry about somebody saying things that are negative about me because I'm different. Uh, and. Um, I'm ho I am intrigued and encouraged about downtown uh, extension. Uh, I, I enlighten you. I don't know if any of you are familiar with this, but we have a very similar project in New York City called Grand Central Madison opening tomorrow. It's an eight-track underground terminal. So uh, check it out, and that could be a template of what our underground transit station looks like. Uh, hope we can get that open. Uh, just, just a lot of good things that I'm seeing that we can do with Prop L, uh, some muni work. I mentioned heard about the Central Subway. I did ride the Central Subway over the weekend. It was very enjoyable. The elevators worked fine. I want to keep up with those because I have a fear of escalators right now. I'm trying to work on for very long. Uh, so I like the fact that we have an aspirational program here. Electric vehicle charging is very important to me. Uh, while I think it's best not to drive cars in San Francisco, and people should, they should be electric, and there should be places for people to charge in because there's so many people who live in apartments and they don't own their own space. And of course, lots of bicycle furniture, places to tie up uh, and lock up bicycles and scooters. Those, thing I, those things I use when I wear a helmet. 
So we have a lot of good things. I just ask that we actually make them happen. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begin now. Hi, good morning. This is Barry Toronto. What an excellent presentation by Director Chen. I am um, one concerned about uh, the mention, lack of mention of the ramp taxis. I, and now that you have money from Prop L, it'd be great if you increase the subsidies for the ramp taxi drivers who have a huge commitment to the program to, so they can buy new vehicles. You buy new vehicles, the, 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 you buy the, the big vans, you don't provide any actual money for buying, for supporting the purchase of a new van because they're, they're getting old or the, the uh, mechanical uh, issues become greater and more expensive. Not only that, they put them out of service because there are no spare, spare vans available at the cab companies. At least what you could do is, is uh, provide uh, greater subsidies so there's a spare vehicle at the color scheme or cab company that, uh, where they operate. So I appreciate the supervisor, uh, Director Chen, who actually takes taxis, could actually help support them more with the funding available through her agency. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, also, autonomous uh, vehicles have become a problem on the streets. You need to create some fine program, uh, penalty program for, uh, for blocking traffic. It's a major problem. Uh, not all incidents are reported to the SFMTA. Thank you. Thank you, caller. There is no more public comment. All right, public comment on item eight is closed. Is there a motion to approve item eight? Moved by Walton. Is there a second? Seconded by Dorsey. Um, and Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Commissioner Chen? Aye. Chen, aye. Commissioner Dorsey? Aye. Dorsey, aye. Commissioner Ngardio? Aye. Ngardio, aye. Commissioner Miniman? Aye. Miniman, aye. Commissioner Milgar? Aye. Milgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Aye. Ronan, aye. Commissioner Safai? Aye. Safai, aye. Commissioner Stephanie? Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton. Aye. Walton, aye. There are 11 ayes. The motion is approved. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, please call our next item. Item 9, Port Portsmouth Square Community-Based Transportation Plan Update. This is an information item. Thank you. And I believe we have uh, Jalen Pan here to present. Chair Amendment, uh, Jilin Pan, Senior Engineer for Capital Process Division. I'm going to pull up my slides, please. Um, okay. So the uh, Transportation Authority uh, released the Portsmouth Square CPTP, uh, actually uh, community-based transportation plan, I'll call it CPTP, in 2020. Uh, the plan was developed per uh, Commissioner Paskin's request, uh, which was spurred by the Portsmouth Square Improvement Project led by Recreation and Park Department. Um, the CBTP actually uh, explored the uh, transportation circulation around the park, uh, analyzed the uh, new park design, and also uh, uh, prioritized uh, um, the uh, pedestrian to uh, prioritize the transportation solutions to improve pedestrian safety and modernize ADA facilities around the perimeter of the park by working closely with the Chinatown community. 
the Portsmouth Square Improvement Project, led by a Recreation and Park Department, is actually a complete park renovation project, uh, which is currently under the detailed design, regulatory, and the environmental review. Rec and Park Department plans to open construction bidding in winter 2023 to 2024 and start construction in 2024 to 2026. Uh, based on the CBTP uh, recommended uh, transportation solutions um, uh, and prioritized by the Chinatown community, Transportation Authority has been working closely with Rec and Park Department to advance the implementation of uh, the transportation uh, solutions for the park, uh, especially to, for uh, safety and access improvements for uh, people walking around the park. So this slide shows the Portsmouth garage entry and exit improvements on Kearney Street. Uh, the plan, the design is proposed by MTA and will be incorporated into the Rec and Park Department, uh, their, their Portsmouth Square improvement project. So on the garage entry and the exit areas, there will be uh, curb extensions to shorten pedestrian crossing distance with only one vehicle uh, entry lane and exit, and exit lane uh, respectively. Also, uh, there will be a dedicated left turn lane, single lane implemented along Kearney Street for motorists entering and exiting the garage. Uh, there will be new landscape and uh, um, signage installed in the area to provide enough walking space for pedestrians on the sidewalk and also guidance for uh, motorists entering the garage. The plan, uh, the design has been reviewed and supported by uh, Portsmouth Plaza Parking Corporation Board. Rec and Park, uh, they are going to install all new ADA compliant curb ramps and sidewalks uh, around the perimeter of the park. And also uh, detectable warning surfaces uh, will be applied to the uh, existing uh, curb ramps, uh, uh, actually uh, non-direct uh, for non-direct crosswalks for uh, people who have vision impairments. Uh, these uh, curb, existing curb ramps are actually above privately owned subsurface uh, sub basements. Uh, Rec and the Park Department will conduct a substantial uh, street upgrade work and street repaving work on Water, uh, water Yulong Place, uh, including the transportation improvements for uh, pedestrian safety and better access to the park, as I mentioned in the previous slide. A new uh, raised crosswalk will be built at the Clay and the Water Yulong intersection uh, to provide a better connection for the new CMAC building on the northwest corner of the intersection to the park. Uh, pedestrian lights will be installed along Water Yulong in the park, and also uh, the side lights will be installed in the park, especially at entrance and exit areas. As shown on this slide, the small red dots are the pedestrian lights along Water Yulong. The small gray uh, dots are the side lights in the park, and also the blue dots are the existing street lights around the park. As I mentioned before, the transportation improvements on Water Yulong will, uh, will be par partly, uh, sorry, I uh, the Water Yulong project uh, improvements will be uh, funded by the state funds from Assembly Member Ting, and the cost will be over uh, one million. And the transportation improvements on Water Yulong will be uh, partly funded by this one million um, from uh, Assembly Member Ting's uh, funds. 
and all the other transportation improvements uh, will be funded by other sources uh, secured by Rec and Park Department, uh, such as the additional state funds from Assemblymember Ting, uh, 2020 Health and Recovery Bond, Transit Center Improvement Fees, and CFD revenues, and so on. Uh, with that, I can answer questions, and uh, we also have uh, Mr. Noah Levy, uh, Project Manager, Beverly Yang, uh, Deputy Director of Policy and Public Affairs from Rec and Park Department for any questions available. Thank you, Ms. Pan. Thank you. Commissioner Peskin. Uh, I have done my presentation. Oh, pardon? Uh, sorry, I have finished my presentation. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Peskin. Thank you, Chair Mandelman, and thank you to the TA staff uh, for this undertaking, and thank you actually to the TA staff for uh, the NTIP report that was done some years ago that led to the Kearney Street pedestrian safety improvements that the SFMTA has now <laughs> implemented in large part uh, scramble signals at Jackson and at Clay and uh, at Pacific. Um, which have been uh, quite effective. Um, uh, and this really builds upon that. Um, I wanted to uh, also acknowledge the members of the Chinatown community who have uh, been working with TA staff and Rec and Park staff in my office um, and gently remind other uh, interested parties uh, from North Beach that this is Chinatown's show, and um, while their efforts may be well-meaning, um, that this supervisor is going to follow, as he has in the past, the lead of the Chinatown community and Chinatown trip as relates to these improvements. Uh, I also want to join TA staff in thanking and acknowledging uh, our assembly member, who, by the way, does not represent this assembly district, uh, for his successful uh, efforts in providing more money uh, above and beyond what the generous voters uh, provided in bond financing for this. And this is a remarkably complicated project. Uh, this is uh, a garage on top of one of San Francisco's original three parks. Uh, as uh, people are aware, and as this board and most of its members previously voted, it is connected by a concrete neo-brutalist uh, neo bridge uh, to the uh, once was Holiday Inn, now uh, Hilton across the street, and that bridge is going to thankfully uh, be removed, which will return utility to the park. Um, and I just wanted to use this opportunity uh, because I've been, uh, we've been trying to conduct uh, meetings between the various uh, agencies ranging from DPW to uh, Rec and Park to the MTA ask uh, Mr. Levy, I know uh, Noah that uh, we've been waiting for some Walter U. Lum uh, cost breakdowns from Rec and Park and I understand that it's over a million dollars, but I wanted to use this opportunity to find out uh, where Rec and Park is on those cost estimates. Mr. Levy. Hello, good afternoon, or good morning, uh, supervisors. My name is Noah Levy, a project manager with the San Francisco Rec and Park Department. Um, <clears throat> so regarding the cost estimates for the Walter E. Long improvements, um, we've done some preliminary estimates, all inclusive for those improvements which that Jay Lynn just mentioned. So um, the raised crosswalk, new sidewalks, new planting, um, new asphalt, 
new paving, a whole slew of improvements. We roughly estimated those to be around $1 million. Um, we're not going to get those final numbers until we take the project out to bid. Um, we get a detailed cost breakdown from the contractors, and that's you know compliant with the state of California funds um, reporting that we are going to have to do um, to show how we're, we're spending these funds. Does that answer? That is helpful. Uh, yeah, that 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 uh, within an order of magnitude is helpful. And Mr. Levy, while we have you here, and I'm sorry I can't be there in person, but I've got COVID for the second time in two months. Um, uh, as it relates to the bridge, I saw in some online publications some what looked like renderings uh, as to not only how the park side of Kearney Street, but the private side of Kearney Street on the Justice Investors Hilton property would look like. I, I hadn't seen those previously. Do you know where those came from? Yeah, I, I saw those too. Those were um, <clears throat> those were exhibits that were included in the EIR, the draft EIR that was adopted in January of 2022. So th those were preliminary, essentially uh, schematic plans that the plan department approved. Um, but as we're working with the Hilton and there's some back and forth about what the Hilton actually wants to do with, you know, it's their property, it's their Podco share, which is the covered canopy where the cars drive under. Um, that's not the final plans. So we're working closely with the Hilton to essentially um, figure out, you know, w what are the final plans? There, there likely is going to have to be some sort of, uh, you know, working with the plan department for final, um, final permit approval for what, you know, these, these kind of other improvements associated with bridge removal. So, um, yeah, th those are a little bit outdated, but they are from the, uh, the 2022 uh, DEIR. Thank you for that clarification. It has been a long time since I looked at that final environmental impact report, and thanks for jogging my memory. And uh, I will just state for the record the obvious, which is no city funds uh, or public monies, be they from the bond or from assembly member Ting, can or will be spent on any improvements on private property. I just wanted to state that for the record, and I continue to endeavor with RPD and DPW and the city attorney's office to resolve the bridge removal matter, which I am optimistic will be resolved uh, to everyone's satisfaction or lack thereof soon. Um, and thank you, Mr. Levy, for your work on this matter. Uh, and I have no further questions other than just to mention to, um, and I say this with kindness to uh, SFCTA staff, that as I was going through the PowerPoint presentation that was online yesterday, the orientation of the plans in different pictures are different. So at some, in some uh, iterations, Kearney Street is on the right, in some it's at the top, on some it's in the bottom. It would just be really helpful for the viewer if they were all oriented in the same direction. Thank you for tolerating me. Thank you, Commissioner Peskin. Um, are there any further comments or questions from board members? Seeing none, let's open this item to public comment. Uh, if there's anyone in the chamber who'd like to come forward and talk to us about item nine, please do. And seeing no one doing that, let's see if there's remote public comment on item nine. Checking for remote public comment on item nine. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Hi, my name is Maggie Dong. I'm calling again, but this time on behalf of Chinatown Trip. 
um, just wanted to show our support for the Portsmouth Square transportation um, improvements that have been in the works from the NTIP study since 2018. Um, and I know this was done separately, but I think this is a very important um, need to implement these improvements. Um, there's, as we all know, there's a lot of foot traffic in Chinatown, um, particularly in this historic um, Portsmouth Square. Um, so I, once again, I just wanted to call in and show our support and we hope to see this actually happen. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Hi, my name is Amy Zhou, and I'm a senior planner at Chinatown Community Development Center, also speaking on behalf of the Committee for Better Parks and Recreation. Um, Julian, I really want to thank you for the presentation you gave because you really took some of my speaking points right out of my mouth. Um, as mentioned, I really wanted to call in to support the Port Square Transportation Safety Improvement suggested by the SFCTA. Uh, the broader improvement project led by Reckon Parks was created by, supported by, and designed for residents, park users, and the Chinatown community. And the vision is really the result of almost a decade's worth of community engagement, capital assessments, and new studies, planning, and design. The park improvements were developed separately from the transportation improvements, but obviously they're both very much related in the broad improvement of the general Christmas square area. As an example, uh, Julian mentioned this, the Walter Lum improvements, which include the raised crosswalk and pedestrian lighting, will provide greater connectivity, accessibility, and safety for those visiting the recently celebrated Chinatown Media and Arts Collaborative building at 800 Grant, and for all potential users who might frequent Christmas square, which is really the living room of Chinatown. So really in closing, CDPRC is very much in support of the community-based transportation plan and we really thank you all for your work and look forward to continuing our work with CTA and Rock and Park. Thank you, caller. There is no more public comment. All right, public comment on item nine is closed. Uh, thanks again, uh, Ms. Pan, for your work on this and thank you, uh, Commissioner Peskin for um, for your work as well and let's call our, our next item item 10 prop out implementation approach this is an information item uh, Michelle Beaulieu good morning chair and commissioners my name is Michelle Beaulieu and I'm here to talk to you about our approach to the implementation of prop L um, and I want to echo Tilly's remarks from earlier uh, to everyone. Thank you to everyone who supported Prop L. The measure passed with nearly 72% of the vote, which is really quite remarkable. Um, and it extends the existing half cent sales tax, which you currently know as Prop K, and establishes a new expenditure plan superseding the Prop K expenditure plan, um, which will be effective as of April 1st. Um, so now we have to roll up our sleeves and begin to transition to implementing the new measure. Um, as a reminder, Prop L directs $2.6 billion in sales tax revenues over 30 years to transportation improvements, both citywide and on a neighborhood scale. There are five major categories in the expenditure plan, which you can see here, like transit maintenance and enhancements and streets and freeways. And within those categories are programs, and there are 28 total programs across these five categories. The expenditure plan includes details about the kinds of projects that are eligible for funding, um, and it identifies the eligible project sponsors, like the SFMTA, BART, 
Public Works, the Transportation Authority, um, but it doesn't actually establish the individual projects. A lot of these programs in Prop L are similar to Prop K, but there are some new programs and some reconfigured programs as well. Um, so I'm obviously not going to read this slide, but uh, it gives you a sense of those 28 programs. Um, and I'm gonna flip through a few slides after this that illustrate some of the investment types that are eligible. So the first set of programs in the expenditure plan are major transit projects, which are really designed to make system-wide improvements to ease crowding, to improve reliability, um, and increase rider capacity on Muni, on BART, and on Caltrain. And this funding is really critical to help attract and leverage state and federal funding for these projects. Transit maintenance and enhancements, um, like Prop K, the transit maintenance programs are collectively the largest part of this proposition. BART, Caltrain and Muni, and ferries are all eligible for repair, replacement, and upgrades. Um, and it also funds enhancements to provide a more customer-friendly experience. Paratransit remains the only portion of the sales tax funding for transit operations, and Prop L actually dedicates more funding to paratransit than Prop K did. Streets and freeways category, this is a, a big category um, with broad eligibility. It will continue to invest significantly in street safety for all road users. Um, the types of projects that are eligible include bike and ped safety improvements, traffic signals and signs, uh, safe routes to school, street planting, curb ramps. Um, and there's a new program called Transformative Freeway and Major Streets Projects, which can fund the planning and community engagement to help reconnect communities where freeways have cut through, for example. Finally, we have the Transportation System Development and Management Program, which has a handful of programs that will be within it that will be administered by the Transportation Authority. Um, this includes continuing the successful neighborhood transportation program that we just heard a great example of. Um, but it will also create a new equity priority transportation program and a new development-oriented transportation program. Um, so in this way, Prop L really bumps up funding for neighborhood level and community planning, seeking to set up pipelines of projects across the city for implementation um, with Prop L funding uh, leveraging other funds. So for each of these 28 programs, the expenditure plan, um, as I mentioned, tells us the types of projects that we can fund um, and which agencies can receive the funding, but it does not list the specific projects to be funded. The expenditure plan also tells us how much money is available for each program over the 30 years, and it allows us to advance funding to support more timely delivery of, uh, of project benefits to the community. Um, so in short, the expenditure plan really sets up the bookends for the sales tax program and includes requirements about how we administer the program. And today we're gonna talk about two of the requirements in particular, which are the strategic plan and the five-year prioritization programs. Um, these are tools that the board is required to adopt before we are able to um, bring you allocations for Prop L. So what is the strategic plan? Um, this is our main tool used for day-to-day -day implementation of the expenditure plan. It provides transparency and accountability about how we administer the sales tax program um, to those voters who trusted this agency with the stewardship of these funds. Um, and it also serves as a key financial planning tool for the measure. Um, and there are three components in the strategic plan. The, the first one is that it establishes these policies for the administration of the measure. 
Then it establishes the sales tax revenue forecast for the 30 years of the measure. And we'll look at the revenue forecast that was included in the proposition, um, and, and we may make revisions to that forecast based on the best available data. And then finally, it includes expenditures, um, including the cost to administer the program, um, but primarily funding for projects, including any debt that may be required to um, advance project delivery faster than just pay-as-you-go would support. So while the strategic plan sets the overall 30-year revenue and expenditures picture, the five YPPs focus on the specific projects that will be funded over the next five years of the program. So this is, this is just a bite-sized uh, picture of you know, increment of the 30-year program. Um, since no one can know what specific project needs will be that far into the future, these five YPPs are updated every five years over the course of the measure. Again, it enables transparency about how projects are funded. It gives the board and the public an opportunity to provide input early in the project development process. And when the board adopts the five YPPs, it creates programming commitments for specific projects. These multi-year project lists, they create a steady pipeline of projects. It enables project sponsors to, to plan ahead, and it facilitates their ability to secure matching funds. When the individual projects are ready to advance, they come back to the board for allocation of funds. Oh. Apologies, okay. Um, the five YPPs include more than just the list of projects to be funded over the next five years. They also include information about the process used to select those projects. Um, it includes brief scope, schedule, budget, um, cost and funding plans for each project, and it also includes performance measures that can be used to inform future 5YPP processes. As I mentioned, an important part of these documents is the guidance on how to select projects. Um, we use prioritization criteria, and some of them are, are on this slide. These are the ones that are required by the expenditure plan to be used for every, uh, every one of those 28 programs. Um, we've used most of these criteria before for Prop K, but I wanted to highlight that the expenditure plan advisory committee provided specific feedback on these last two, reflecting really the importance of community support and equity considerations to the public to the committee. Um, and we can also add additional criteria to each individual program. Um, it might be different criteria for different programs. So for example, for the Safer and Complete Streets program, we might want to consider whether a project is on the high injury network when making funding recommendations. Um, so I'm going to try to pull together those prior slides um, because developing the strategic plan and the five YPPs is an iterative, iterative process um, as illustrated on this slide. So first, we will establish the strategic plan baseline, which determines how much funding is available for each program by year. Um, this is basically setting the sales tax budget for each of the 28 programs. Then in step two, we identify the projects to be funded over the next five years, again, for each of these programs. We collect information from the board, from the CAC, um, public engagement, and we use those prioritization criteria I talked about to identify those projects. And once those project lists begin to solidify, then we analyze the financial information. So how much sales tax funds are being requested um, and, and when are they being requested for? And then to make sure that it's reasonable and fits within the program budgets. Um, 
So this includes evaluating the requests from sponsors um, who may be requesting to advance funds, uh, again, to accelerate project delivery. So we put that information into our strategic plan financial model, um, and that will help estimate financing costs. And then we provide that information back to the project sponsors to see, and we, we see if there's more money available for certain programs or if the programs have gone over budget um, when we take into consideration the cost of advancing funds. And then we work with the project sponsors to make adjustments to stay within their budget. And when we're at a point where the entire program is uh, within the budget, that is step three, and the board can adopt the final strategic plan in five YPPs. Um, so speaking of advancing funds, we have two major capital projects that we know already are going to request significant advancement of funds um, due to some near-term project milestones. So first is the Caltrain Downtown Rail Extension. They are seeking $3.3 billion from the Federal Transit Administration, and they need to demonstrate that they've secured matching funds, um, and they need to demonstrate that by August, 20, August, August of this year. Um, so the TJPA needs to know how much sales tax funding is available to the project once they take financing costs into consideration and when we convert um, the, the year of expenditure dollars because the expenditure plan is into 2020 dollars. Um, so that's the first project, the BART Core Capacity Program. Um, they have an option on their vehicle contract that will need to be executed in July in order to avoid a gap in the production line. Um, so BART is working with MTC, Alameda, and Contra Costa counties, and us to help fund that, that vehicle option. So the, the board can approve the acceleration of, of the funds for these projects, but they can also attach conditions to the funds. Um, so for example, in the past, the board has um, approved uh, uh, conditions like um, conditioning upon uh, full funding agreement or adding additional oversight requirements. Um, okay, last but not least, I have a few slides on our outreach approach. Our goal here is to ensure that we have an inclusive planning process for all of this work. Uh, we, we want to provide an opportunity for folks to weigh in, both on the project priorities themselves, but also on the policies to guide the administration of the program. Um, and our, I'll just mention that our expenditure plan advisory committee made it really clear that it's critically important to the success of this plan that we have an inclusive process. Um, here are a few tools that I won't read out that we plan to use to support the planning process. Um, a few of them, we would like to have a targeted equity roundtable and provide an opportunity for our expenditure plan advisory committee members to come together in an optional meeting for those who are interested and available. Um, but we'll also have broader efforts such as um, virtual town halls and surveys. We are targeting action in June for the strategic plan and five YPPs, but we acknowledge that we may need to extend this work past then. As I mentioned, Prop L is effective as of April 1st, and so the board can only approve Prop K allocations through the end of March. Before the board can approve Prop L allocations, um, we need this approved strategic plan and five YPPs. So there will have to be a pause in sales tax um, allocations until those documents are approved. Um, but the very first prop bill allocations can be made concurrently with the approval of the strategic plan and five YPPs. Um, we have given the project sponsors a heads up about this likely freeze, which will help facilitate the transition to prop L. We also acknowledge that this is a tight schedule, but we want to minimize that pause in allocations to the extent that we can. Um, so 
we know that it's possible that some of these five IPPs for some of those 28 programs may take a little bit more time to develop. And so this schedule allows for it to spill into the fall um, where we can amend the strategic plan to reflect any final five YPPs. But if a program has an approved five YPP, the board can allocate funds from the program even if other five YPPs are not done yet. Um, so you will be seeing a lot of us over the next months. We'll be bringing this presentation to our CAC tomorrow. Next month, we're gonna bring an info item on the strategic plan baseline and 5YPP guidance before we seek approval for those documents in March. Um, and then we are targeting that June approval to begin the process of approving 5YPPs in the strategic plan. You can get some more information about the expenditure plan at our website and contact us at propl at sfcta.org. And that concludes my presentation if anyone has any questions. Uh, Vice Chair Melgar. Thank you for the presentation. That's really great. I like it that you have uh, ambitiously uh, accelerated plans. Um, I was wondering if the Prop K funds are all spoken for. I saw that uh, our sales tax revenue is actually a little higher than we had thought EAS, but um, I'm wondering if that's the case. I believe Anna Lafort's gonna take that question. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you for the question, Commissioner Melgar. Um, the, um, we have a lot of Prop K requests that we will be presenting to the board next month, um, in particular for the neighborhood program to ensure that the, um, you know, the neighborhood-based funding is allocated and that program will reset one year early under Prop L. So we're working to get all of those funds allocated. There are certain categories that have funds remaining. There are certain categories that have funds that are already all fully allocated and then there are some categories that by the end of March will be fully allocated so it, it, it varies thank you vice chair Melgar and seeing no further comments or questions on this item let's open it to public comment if there's anyone in the chamber who'd like to speak on item 10 please come forward and I don't see anybody so let's see if we have remote public comment on item 10 Checking for remote public comment on item 10. Your two minutes begins now. Uh, again, uh, Chair Raphael Mandelman, Alita Dupree, for the record, she and her. Uh, it's a good plan. Lots of categories. Uh, power transit is absolutely essential. Uh, you have to make sure that we do that. Uh, I, I don't qualify for power transit, but I know some who do. So we want to make sure that that equity part is taken care of. And I certainly think that there should be a transit and shared uh, transportation protocol in all of our work, uh, because really the biggest problem is single occupancy vehicles uh, that are driven both within the city and uh, from and out of other places. That adds most to our uh, suggestions. And there should be a decarbonization uh, test that everything that's new that we should buy or this should use uh, decarbonization protocols such as electricity and hydrogen and even in the construction of projects should emphasize decarbonization uh, such as a construction equipment 
uh, that does not use uh, petroleum, diesel, uh, recycling, uh, hydrogen, and uh, electricity. Uh, I do want to see the downtown extension finished. That would be a very big help because I see greater connectivity, especially in using Transbay buses. And the BART cars is absolutely essential. I ride BART quite a bit, and um, I'm not getting on those BART cars very often. I want to make sure that those uh, keep coming. So equity about ensuring in this profile that everything we do keeps in mind the diversity of the community. People like myself who have disabilities and are different want to make sure that these dollars are spent to benefit the most people. And I am one who pays into this because Thank every time Tyler, I spend taxable money in San Francisco, this comes up. Thank you. Thank you, caller. There is no more public comment. Okay, public comment on item 10 is closed. Um, thank you, Ms. Beaulieu. And uh, we will look forward to following the Prop L implementation activities as they go forward this year. Mr. Clerk, um, can you please call item 11? Item 11, introduction of new items. This is an information item. I don't see anyone popping up on the roster, so uh, please call item 12. Item 12, public comment, for which we have received one public comment, which has been posted to our website. Uh, are there any members of the public in the chamber who would like to address the board on a matter of general interest? Okay. Um, let's see if we have any remote general public comment. Checking for remote public comment. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Good morning, <clears throat> Director Strong, Brown Samuelsley. Thank you for the opportunity. I would like to touch on the letter in your packet, which is not intended to disparage the outstanding progress Director Chang and the team has made moving the DTX forward in any way. The issue at stake is a project as designed by the TJPA, specifically the cost, the massive impact on SOMA, and uni in particular, and the fact that as currently designed, the transit center will not be able to accommodate true high-speed rail, let alone a future extension across the bay. That's the bad news. The good news is that the recent change from three tracks to two is a complete game changer. And we have people right here in San Francisco who know how to deliver a one and a half mile two-track tunnel on time and on budget for $238 million. In closing, my recommendation is to revise the governance model approved by the board last year, keep the TJPA accountable for the project, but transfer responsibility for delivery to a partnership consisting of the, this body, new need, and DPW. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Uh, thanks again, Chair Raphael Mandelman. Alita Dupree for the record, she and her. I appreciate your leave to speak uh, generally. Uh, good meeting today. Lots of good things. Um, I come with a, a broad-based per perspective. 
And I ask that you uphold the tradition of hearing the public. I remember at a recent meeting when I've heard about things of limiting public comment to 30 minutes. Uh, I assure you that when I speak, I'm not trying to keep you from your lunch or you may be watching your next favorite episode of streaming television. Uh, but the thing is, if we limit comment, then that means we pick and choose. And could this mean that I might be shoved to the side because I'm different? I ask that you be willing to hear the voices of all who choose to engage with you respectfully on the issues of San Francisco transportation. Uh, I really enjoy San Francisco transportation. I, I really liked my short ride on the central subway uh, over the weekend. I'd like to do that more. And, and you have helped make that happen and, and the work with Clipper. And I have met several of your staff members. Uh, who have been very uh, welcoming to me and to share, excuse me, uh, I just ate, ate something, uh, their wisdom about helping to make San Francisco uh, transportation better. Uh, I don't think or know that I've ever met any of you. Uh, maybe. Uh, I hope to be back in the room soon, and you'll get to see what I look like as, as a person who is different. And even though I'm not like any of you, I do impress with any agency to be willing to accept and include those who are different from you. I ask that you not have favored constituencies, but to advocate for San Francisco transportation that welcomes everyone. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Good morning. My name is Eric Arguello. I am with Guayantiquato Latino Culture District and a lifetime resident of the Mission District. Uh, we are discussing the creation of a comprehensive transportation plan that's rooted and centered in race and equity for the Mission District, uh, similar to Portola Community-Based Transportation Plan, Bayview, and Visitation Valley. We have historically seen projects piecemealed in the Mission without input from our cultural districts or indigenous communities and creating confusions and sometimes creating uh, safety issues. A plan will make our streets safer, culturally and trauma-informed and inclusive of all residents. We look forward to working with everyone. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Hello, good morning again. This is Barry Toronto. I meant to jump in on the previous item. Uh, I, I, generally, I say with Prop L uh, expenditures and funding that you include the Paratransit Coordinating Council through the SFMTA by giving them a presentation similar to what was given today, only, only it focuses on the, uh, on the paratransit uh, uh, funding aspects of, of what's being, being presented. So I appreciate you taking the time to reach out to the uh, Paratransit Coordinating Council. I believe they have a meeting tomorrow morning. Thank you very much and have a great day. Thank you, caller. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Hi, my name is Marie Sorensen. I'm a mission resident. Last night I was at a meeting at Manny's about the new project that MTA wants to do putting lanes down the middle of, of um, Valencia Street. We've already had to suffer through the red lanes and various other winds that MTA has inflicted on 
the mission. I wish that we had a comprehensive transportation plan that is similar to what they have now in the Bayview in Chinatown. We need to stop piecemealing and experimenting on the mission and have something that's truly comprehensive and truly something that the neighborhood wants. Thank you very much. Thank you, caller. There is no more public comment. All right, public comment on item 12 is closed. Mr. Clerk, can you please call our next item? Item 13, adjournment. We are adjourned.